this is the cry of the dragon this is the sound of the dragon I think it was in the 13th century, Lama Jariba built up his own school of Buddhism, today known as the Tupacaji. It's believed to have been prophesied that there will be a land where Buddhism will flourish. Everybody was looking for some sign, and the story says that at the time there was the roaring dragons in the sky, and then the Lama said, this is the sign. It should be the Drupa, the Dragon School. So the Dragon School of Buddhism was established, and in the 17th century, Shabdungaon Namgyal, who unified the country, was the hierarch of the school, and then the country naturally came to be known as the Dragon Country. Bhutan is known as Drukyu, the land of Thunder Dragon. Druk symbolizes for Bhutanese everything that's positive. Omnipresence, compassion, power. Power in not destroying others, but power in destroying your own self-ego. When you hear a roar of thunder, we don't say it's thunder, we say it's the dragon. Drukyu means land of the dragon. It's a land of eternity, it's a land of uh, happiness. Welcome to Bhutan, ladies and gentlemen. We have now arrived at Paro Airport. The local time is 7 in the morning. Please keep your mobile phone switched off and remain seated with the seatbelts fastened until the signal sign has been switched off. I'm looking at the map and trying to figure out where we're going. This is our special permit. It says we're cool to travel. Hereby permitted to stay in restricted areas. Punaka, Wangdu, Sirang, Sarpang, Trangsa, Buntung, Mangar, Trashigang, Sandrup, Jankar only. Most of the places are not on the map. Let me see if we can at least find the trekking part that we're going to do. It's in the southeast part of Bhutan. So Zantari must be up here or something. I am really confused. The way this whole story started was I was invited to come to Bhutan to meet a woman who runs an organization there to end domestic violence. Once I got there, I found out that actually the organization is founded by one of the queens of Bhutan, Queen Ashi Sange Chodim Wangchuk. And so what she does is she treks into the really remote parts of Bhutan on a regular basis to go and meet the people, finding out how she can help make their lives better. What you do have to realize, the experience that you will have will be different when you're traveling with the queen in the areas that you're going to be traveling, which is quite isolated and they don't have so much contact with outside people. It's her journey and uh, it'll be different. I normally start my mornings 
by praying to my deity, the Tara. It's a good way of just meditating in prayers. Starting the day with prayers for all sentient beings. And to see you through the day, you know, with their strength. So, we're here on the trail with the Queen of Bhutan. The Queen is a serious trekker. This is not a walk in the park. Everyone better take it easy. We've got a long journey ahead of us. So now we're going to cross this nice bridge. You have to be a little careful because it sways quite a bit. The river is named after the deity, Jomo. It's a local deity and she's the main deity for this part of Bhutan. And this is her river that we're walking along. And that goes all the way from Shinkalauri and eventually to India. If you go further north, it's the Tibetan area of Tsuna. The king there was a very um, tyrannical king and he he was getting the shadow of a mountain on his palace. Instead of moving his palace, he wanted to move this mountain. So the people were used in a very um, cruel way to cut down this mountain. And Jomo, the goddess, appeared to the people and said, wouldn't it be easier to cut the king's head than to cut the mountain? And so they assassinated the king and they ran away into Bhutan. And all the way, this group of people were led by Jomo the goddess. She hands out clothing and she asks everybody that comes like what their health issues are. Oh, she looks like she has eye problems. And if there's any serious health issues, she has them, you know, commanded to be taken to the hospital. I don't think she can see. Look, please, doctor, have a look. I don't think she can see her eyes. Yesterday we met an old couple who were blind. And so... Then in there, she commanded, okay, you guys go, go to the hospital and get your cataracts operated on. It's kind of worthwhile showing up to meet the queen. <laughs> there was a lady in our village with a huge goiter. It was huge. It was like a, out like this. And everybody has been telling her that it's possible to get it removed. One visit, Her Majesty came, she touched it herself, and she said, oh, this is absolutely removable, it will not affect you. Because Her Majesty spoke to her with such conviction, and she believed her immediately, she said, okay, I'm going to go to Thimphu and get it removed. And that was really what it means for the queen to come and just, it gives them so much confidence, so much trust. 
this kind of a divine advice, and she only believed her, and now she's completely all right. So Her Majesty going like this has a huge impact on the lives of people. Everybody comes from hours away. They all live in the mountains. Like we look out and we see these huge, what looks like wilderness, but really it's full of people. I mean, people are living all around these hills. They just live so sparsely that they hardly make a dent. You can't even tell. I mean, sometimes you can see a little trail going up a hill, but other than that, all you see is the woods. People live. And so they come, you know, from two hours walk, three hours, four hours walk. They'll come down to meet the queen. I mean, this is the first time she's ever been in this area. So this is a really big deal for them, you know. So, Tell me what you like so much about trekking, about walking. One of the biggest incentives is to be with the people. And also at the grassroots level is nice to get more information about the awareness on different health issues. Doctor, they all want to check with the doctor. I don't know where we are, but we're in around an hour's walk from the last place that we stopped for tea. And we just walked across this beautiful suspension bridge over the river gorge. And as usual, we're met by all of the local llamas in their maroon robes, which I'm getting used to very fast, which I can't allow myself to do because it's still so stunning to arrive behind the queen and have everybody so excited to see her and you can see the look in their eyes old people babies moms you know it's it's beautiful that was nice now it's a longer rest lunch rest yes yes please and so now what happens every time we get to one of these places is they've constructed these little shade shelters with wood and banana leaves. It's roof of the one that we're sitting under is banana leaves. Yellow is the color of the royalty, so they put yellow banners around the edge of these shade shelters and along the back of them. And then they make a little sort of makeshift throne. This one's made out of a few rugs, and then they put offerings. There's a little bowl with rice and some incense sticks so that by the time we get here, that's what we smell is the incense, you know?
This place is like stepping back hundreds of years. It's so quiet. There's a path leading to this village and that's all. There's no cars, there's no noise. The only sound is people, prayer flags and the wind. We have reached Shinkalauri. So Her Majesty will raise awareness on health issues, particularly HIV and AIDS, family planning, health and hygiene, and also listen to people of what their problems are and uh, see how she can help with their problems. And not forgetting about domestic violence issues as well. That's what will be happening today. It's an opportunity for the people to see their queen, you know, sitting with them, uh, talking to them on a very personal level. She had 11 children, only five are surviving. She knows the situation of these people. She talks about prostitution, battered women, women's shelters, women living with AIDS. I think it's through her advocacy that things like this have come into everyday language, otherwise they'd just be hidden things. Basically, we are talking about how to prevent deaths which are preventable. That's why we are promoting family planning, issues like reproductive health, maternal mortality. People come here to see Her Majesty. And that's why we try to use this occasion to educate people on this. There's this group of schoolboys and they're doing this skit about Mr. Condom. They have condoms and they're blown up like balloons and they're taped all over his chest. And he's, you know, boxing with Mr. No Condom. And definitely Mr. Condom is winning the boxing match. saw the men with long hair, uh, it, it signifies that they have gone through the meditation of uh, three days, three years, three months. And they have this culture mostly in, in, particularly in this area. So you see all men with long hair. It's not punks, but monks. They're not hippies, but they're the Buddhist practitioners. When we were talking about health issues, talking about reproductive health, HIV, AIDS, alcohol and about you know violence against women the group of gomchins religious men that had gathered here we tried to encourage them to be aware and when they go to the homes to say prayers and when they travel all around the villages for them also to be able to educate and impart what they know and what they hear from us and to be involved because people look up to them they listen to them her Majesty gave me uh, her best wishes. We meet a young monk or a gomchen. Her Majesty told that it is the responsibility of this monastic body to make the village people understand about HIV AIDS and alcoholic problem. I'm knowing myself about what HIV is and I also did one checkup and I know I'm HIV free.
I see the many domestic problems are being caused by alcohol only. And if alcohol is being totally banned in the villages, the problem would reduce to zero percent. They mentioned about their families being aware about going to the hospitals to check when they're expecting their wives and their children and that they make sure that their women go and have uh, checkups and have their pap smears done. So they're very supportive. And then we were very happy to hear that now they drink less alcohol. So it was nice interacting with them and learning that you're on the right track. Asking if they drink alcohol. <laughs> Standing in front of a crowd like this, do you imagine they would admit to it? She's saying she takes uh, at least one cup a day before she goes to sleep. Oh no. <laughs> and also during lunch. And also during tea break. <laughs> Quite a lot. Uh, initially she said she takes at least one cup a day and then she added that during lunch time as well and during tea break. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. <laughs> when a man volunteered, he said he has never heard of domestic violence in his village here. <laughs> So the woman said, uh, oh yes, there's plenty. People drink and uh, there are also uh, plenty of women who go through uh, abusive relationships. So I was telling them that uh, if they can, they should stop. But if they, if they do not stop, it's also criminal. They have to know that. And I was also telling them that we have volunteers all over now. We know what you're doing. <laughs> Sometimes it works. Karma, by definition, is what goes around comes around. I was talking to one of her ladies, one of the clients. She was sharing that maybe... It's her karma. Maybe it's her negative karma that she accumulated in the past, that whatever she's going through now is because of that. She has to tolerate so that she will be born into a better life. And she had been tolerating abuse for the past 13 years. Even her elders, even some of the religious persons have been advising her that it's your karma and that you should tolerate. There was a folk belief that was perpetuated over generations that women were inferior in birth. Women had to be born and reborn nine times after living good lives that you would be born as a man. And women began to internalize these beliefs that you were indeed inferior. 
you know, these are the shallow understanding of what karma, compassion, <laughs> about all these things. So what we had been trying to tell her and what we tell to all the survivors and victims is that they're accumulating more negative karma now by tolerating because by allowing her abuser to abuse her, she's helping him accumulate negative karma. If women understand that and they see the bigger picture and they're willing to break away from that cycle of violence. If women are not safe in the place they are supposed to be the safest, how are we going to achieve gross national happiness? towards cross-national happiness. When we talk about happiness, I think health is so important. When you talk about health of families, it's the women who can make a difference. Gross national happiness is a system put in place by the king of Bhutan so that the success of Bhutan, the success of this country, is measured by the happiness of its people rather than by the product that the country has created. It's not the short-term happiness that we are talking about when we talk about gross national happiness. It's not the destination to arrive at, but it's the process. It's the manner in which we travel. Finally, the sun has come over the hill, so. It's sort of like morning is just beginning, although we've already been walking for hours. We're lucky today is not very sunny, no? It's good. <laughs> it's good weather for walking. It's kept it nice and cool. We talked to the weather gods last night. Oh, you did? Oh, good. Thank you for doing that. We just ask them to make it very pleasant <laughs> for the long walk ahead. The Queen's Track was produced by Stephanie Geyer-Stevens and Jack Chance for Outer Voices, edited by Barrett Golding. Major underwriting was provided by Terry Causey and the Shelley and Donald Rubin Foundation. You heard the voices of Chimi Wangmo, Kunzang Choden, Yeshe Dorji, and Queen Ashi Sange Choden Wangchuk. Musical performances by Jigme Drukpa and the Kuju Lu Young Ensemble. Additional music was recorded by Jack Chance. Special thanks to Her Majesty Queen Ashi Sange Choden Wangchuk, the staff and clients of Renew Bhutan, Chering Uden Penjor, Francoise Pomeret, Ariana Maki, the Royal Bodyguard and the Royal Bhutan Army, the Zulika Nunnery, Hotel Ziwaling, and the people of Daifam, Zamtari, and Shingalari villages. For more information about Renew, please visit www.renewbhutan.org. The Queen's Trek is a production of Outer Voices. For more information, 
visit us online at outervoices.org. Thanks for listening.